It's time for Shattered Soulstone. Featuring the latest news from Sanctuary and beyond. Each episode, a heroic party of Nephilim band together to help keep you informed on everything in the Diablo universe. And now, your Diablo Community Podcast. Coming to you from somewhere in Sanctuary, this is episode 320 of Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo Community Podcast. This episode is called Repercussions. It is August 13, 2021, and this is Jen. And I have a lot of stuff about the whole Blizzard Activision thing again, because this stuff just keeps happening or keeps being revealed or keeps being passed around. And overall, it's a good thing to pass this sort of stuff around and let people know about it, because that way it holds the company accountable and kind of pushes them more and more to actually make some changes that like would help their employees instead of keep harming them. So here's what I have for today. Um, Now, as you may remember, there was a lawsuit filed on July 20 from the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing against Activision Blizzard, alleging that the company fostered a frat boy culture in which female employees were subject to sexual harassment, unequal pay, and much more. So that you already know about. That's the first lawsuit. There's more. And I'll get to that as we go through... uh, this episode, the thing that I just read to you is from IGN, and they started a timeline. So if you're interested, all this stuff will be in the show notes at ChatteredSoulStone.com. But IGN has a timeline of the Activision lawsuit, Activision Blizzard lawsuit thing. You can read through it if you are new to this topic and you don't know what happened Uh, or if you didn't listen to my previous episodes or you don't remember, because it's a lot. It's a whole lot of information in a short span of time. So, there's that, and it'll be in the show notes with everything else. That was uh, originally posted on August 3rd, and they most recently updated it on August 10th, so it just keeps going. Kotaku, on August 3rd, wrote, Activision Blizzard faces second lawsuit over first lawsuit, which is a really good title, because that's exactly what happened. I'll read you a little bit of that. A class action lawsuit filed today, that would be the 3rd of August, in the U.S. District Court of Central California on behalf of investors alleges that Activision Blizzard's intentional failure to disclose its ongoing problems with sexual harassment and discrimination artificially inflated the company's stock value. In layman's terms, if investors had known the extent of Activision Blizzard's issues, they wouldn't have invested in its stock. And we know that the stock prices dropped and they just did an earnings call. Activision Blizzard did. Yeah. So this one is coming from a Los Angeles firm called the Rosin Law Firm. And they filed a class action suit on behalf of the investors that are not happy about not only having Activision Blizzard hide all the bad things that were going on, but also that the stock dropped. Which, you know, investors don't tend to like that. Here's a little bit more. The suit, which covers anyone who has traded in Activision Blizzard securities between August 6, 2016 and July 27, 2021, seeks damages based on the defendant's violations of federal securities laws. This is a big one. This is a break the company, tear it down kind of thing. You know, this could be like 
federal securities laws, like someone eventually federally might come and check this out, and that's not going to go well for Blizzard Activision at all. Okay, so they're seeking damages based on the defendant's violations of federal securities laws by issuing materially false and misleading statements during the class action period. That's 2016 through 2021. That's a lot. There could have been a whole lot of people that bought stock in there that are real mad right now, so they're probably going to push with this lawsuit as much as they can. The suit not only names the corporate entity Activision Blizzard as a defendant, but also CEO Bobby Kotick, CFO Dennis Durkin and former CFO Spencer Newman, three executives who the suit states were instrumental in spreading of in the spreading of false information. And this comes from there's a little paragraph in here that puts things into a little bit of context. The contested information comes in the form of Activision Blizzard's annual SOX, S-O-X, all caps, one word, certifications. SOX refers to Sarbanes-Oxley Act of 2002 legislation passed to protect the public from erroneous and fraudulent activities by publicly traded companies, which Blizzard Activision is one of those. Every year, companies must release a SOX certification signed by executives disclosing any potential legal issues, investigations, audits, or other procedures that could affect the value of the business. Clearly, they didn't do that. So investors are real mad about this sort of thing. Um, Let's see what else is in here about that. It looks like the Rosen Law Firm has a pretty solid case on its hands. Um, They were... They were the same law firm behind the class action investor lawsuit filed against CD Projekt Red following the disastrous release of Cyberpunk 2077. And I'm going to assume you know how horrible that game started out when it was released. I hear it's been fixed, but yeah, that's a thing. So, you know, now you have double lawsuits. I'm also including tweets from people who work at Blizzard or used to work at Blizzard or Activision because... I'll just read you some stuff. You can pick it up from there. But there's a person named uh, Josh Allen who is Devalore. I think I've heard of this person before. This person handles streamer and content creator relations for WoW and WoW Classic. And they posted a response to someone else's tweet talking about... Basically, the the previous tweeter said something about not... uh, It's something to do with whether people should boycott or not. Something along those lines. I'm not going to name that person on here because you know i don't think that person works for blizzard so um (laughs) so josh wrote related to that concept please remember that the players aren't quote customers to c-suite executives at least not in the same way that they are to the teams working on the games the shareholders are bobby kotek doesn't sell video games to gamers he sells activision blizzard to investors well you see where that would be a problem now with that lawsuit i just mentioned there's a thread that continues from josh allen while a dip in player count could have an impact on shareholder confidence it's not the hit to the wallet you might expect supporting employees sharing articles and quote not letting this go away end quote has far more impact on shareholder confidence a loss in profit can be offset by making cuts increasing prices more microtransactions or other methods that make shareholders happy without improving anything for workers we need the narrative around the working conditions to be what upsets shareholders not the finances Obviously, if you don't want to play the games, then don't play the games. That's your choice and one that every player has to make for themselves. Just please understand that I quit playing these games to show support for the people that work on them is not a thing. And I thought that was a very astute set of uh, threads, you know, or a th- tweet, uh, those. <laughs> I'm just going to move on. 
Some of you may know who Belgast is. He's the uh, one of the hosts, or maybe the main host, on the Tales of the Argonaut podcast that talks about games and stuff and things, as he puts it. He wrote a really good blog post titled Boycott or Not, where he talks about his feelings regarding Blizzard, the investor call, the performative actions, the boycott, and kind of... I, I read this article. I thought it was really good. And it, if you're kind of on the fence... And you're not sure, like, should I boycott because I can't log in anymore? It's making me feel sick. Or should I play these games to support the workers that are still there and still want to work and have a better Blizzard? So you can decide that for yourself. But it's worth reading. It's a good article. On the 8th, I think it was... Well, Group Quest recently had uh, episode 22 come out called Some Changes. I think it was on August 8th. And... They did a really good conversation, the two hosts, uh, Galvanus and Joe Brums, at, uh, at Galvanus, at Joe Brums, you can find them on Twitter, did a really excellent conversation about the whole Blizzard Activision thing, and I learned some stuff in there that I did not know about previously, so you might want to give that episode a listen if you're interested in learning more details that you may not have known. I think the more people know about what's really going on, I think that could potentially help the workers to get a better work environment, maybe, if we keep pushing this. And that's part of what I'm trying to do with these last couple of Soulstone episodes. One of the things that they talked about uh, outside of the lawsuit stuff, there's a thing from MMO Champion that was posted on... Let's see where we're at with that. Might have been right around the same time. Might have been earlier. I'm looking for the date on this. Okay, it was July 31st. And one of the things that was mentioned in this article was that the slash spit emote has been removed from the burning crusade classic ptr players can no longer target others with the emote however they can still spit on the ground the uh, article says it is speculated that this changes as a result of people spamming slash spit on players riding the reawakened phase hunter mount the reward for purchasing the burning crusade deluxe edition some of you may be aware that the concept of ghost spit on players that have fancy mounts or who have purchased mounts from the Blizzard store or who have six-month subscriptions and get fancy mounts, an individual that goes by Asmongold decided to tell people to go spit on them in-game. And finally, Blizzard is doing something with that and has taken it out. So you can uh, spit on the ground if you're role-playing or something, but you can't target people with it anymore in-game, which makes the game slightly less toxic than before. It's a tiny little thing, but, you know, you don't want to, like... If you're playing Burning Crusade, that you know, classic Burning Crusade right now, and you're real excited about it for whatever reason, maybe you remember it from when it was new, maybe you were too young to play it then and you really want to play it now, you don't need other players being toxic and you know spitting on you for having them out. It's ridiculous. So I'm glad that's been taken out. That's at least you know turning down the toxicity a teeny tiny little bit in the game. I don't know about the companies, but in the game. Bouncing off of that. There is a uh, Blizzard Watch article. I love Blizzard Watch. I read a lot of their stuff um, when I can because I have a lot of I don't have a lot of time to just read stuff anymore right now. Not this month especially. But there's an article called "There Is a Difference Between Feedback and Harassment," and sometimes players forget what it is. It's written by Matthew Rossi. They are an excellent writer, and I've read a lot of their stuff on Blizzard Watch and other places. Uh, but to summarize in here. This is about, 
you know, there's some key points and I'm going to read the key points and you can definitely read the article yourself later. But one of them is no single developer is responsible for the game. I'll read a little bit of that. Almost no decision made about the design of a game like World of Warcraft is the sole province of a single developer. Decisions are not handed down from senior to junior devs like tablets on Mount Sinai. Oh, that's good. They're the result of groups working together to create and implement a shared vision. Singling out someone because they have the words narrative designer or game director in their bio is not only pointless, it's, it's directly harmful to any critique. And then criticize the decision, not the individual. So... Um, in short, this is the concept I've seen other people write about on Twitter. You know, if something happened in-game that you don't like, maybe it's a storyline, maybe it's this thing is a glitch still, maybe it's I thought this would be more fun or something like that, you can, you know, let some of the people working on the game know that, hey, I did this thing in the game and I was really hoping for this kind of experience, but instead I got that one. Could you maybe change it a bit? You know, that would be... A nicer way to talk about criticizing you know the decision the decision made about how the thing went uh but you don't want to attack individuals because as matthew rossi wrote in here it's not one person making a decision on the game so yeah and i guess people don't know that you know and that surprises me i don't know why you would think that one individual that you could contact on twitter that has something to do with world of warcraft specifically put a thing in the game that you don't like just to mess with you. I mean, that just seems so self-centered to think that, you know. Another uh, talking point in the article is feedback doesn't mean immediate change, and I think that's something people aren't understanding either because they assume that if they have a big old rant on social media and attack people that are working for Blizzard, that, you know, the next day the thing they wanted will happen, and that's not how things work. So I'll leave you to read this. There's a lot more in there. Then there's Blizz Planet, and on August 11th posted a lot of stuff about other Blizzard-related lawsuits that I wasn't really aware of until I saw this particular article. So there's the SOC Investment Group. It's an ATVI shareholder. I don't know what that means, but maybe some of you do. And it's there's like press releases in here from that one and several others that are really mad at Blizzard right now. So I'll try to give you some of that here without reading an entire wall of words to you in the middle of this podcast. Okay, so ATVI Investor Alert, a bunch of names, uh, reminds Activision Blizzard Inc. shareholders in of class action and encourages shareholders to contact the firm. So this group of a bunch of lawyers is trying to tell the shareholders, hey, we can help you with this. And uh, yeah, so this is about the the period between August 4, 2016 and July 27, 2021, where if you had stock, you're eligible for this lawsuit, presumably. Uh, the class action seeks to recover damages against defendants for alleged violations of the federal securities laws under the Securities Exchange Act of 1934. Uh, the class action lawsuit has already been filed. There's a, t a link if you think you want to uh, become part of this. And then there's a little more information about the, uh, the law firm that's doing this. But uh, some of that's already been read. Then there's another one. Nationally ranked shareholder rights firm Labaton Suchero. One word, Suchero. I'm amused that there's like a shareholders firm called Suchero because it sounds like a row is a fight, right? So Suchero, like drama, I guess. That's what I come to with this. But anyway, uh, that law firm is a, a shareholder rights firm and it is investigating Activision Blizzard Inc. for potential securities violations and breach of fiduciary duty. So there's that one coming up and let's see what they want. 
The investigation is to determine whether certain Activision officers and directors violated the Securities Exchange Act of 1934 and breached their fiduciary duties to the company. Activision develops and publishes. uh, Yeah, we know that. We know what they make. Okay. Uh, After a two-year investigation, mentions California Department of Fair Employment and Housing that we already know about. Yeah. Investors who purchased companies' securities between the same date. So this is another firm doing the same thing. So that's at least two firms that are going after... Activision Blizzard for hiding, you know, the bad things that were happening and not letting the shareholders really know what was going on. Uh, There's another one. Lawsuits filed against SRAC, QFIN, and ATVI. It's become the alphabet right here. Yeah. And it's from uh, a law firm that's, again, pursuing shareholders' claims. Same time period uh, as before. Deadline to... The lead plaintiff deadline is October 4, 2021, for some reason. The filed complaint alleges the defendants made materially false and or misleading statements or failed to disclose that Activision Blizzard discriminated against women and minority employees. Activision Blizzard fostered a pervasive frat boy workplace culture that continues to thrive. Numerous complaints about unlawful harassment, discrimination, and retaliation were made to human resources personnel and executives, which went unaddressed. The pervasive culture of harassment, discrimination, and retaliation would result in serious impairments to Activision Blizzard's operations. As a result of the foregoing, the company was at greater risk of regulatory and legal scrutiny and enforcement, including that which would have a material adverse effect on the shareholders. I'm assuming uh, Activision Blizzard failed to inform shareholders about the California Department of Fair Employment uh, investigation, and as a result, defendants' statements about Activision Blizzard's business operations and prospects were materially false and misleading and or lacked a reasonable basis at all relevant times. And there's another one. I've lost count of how many there are. There's another law firm. It's an investor action notice. The Shaw Law Firm reminds investors of a class action lawsuit against Activision Blizzard and encourages investors with losses in excess of $100,000 to contact that law firm. Uh, Same kind of thing. Lawsuits that weren't mentioned, yada, yada. It's pretty... Similar to the rest. So this is like at least, what, four maybe that are all suing for the same thing. There's another one from a Klein law firm uh, that reminds investors about the same thing. So at least one of these is probably going to get through, if not all of them. You know, having one make it all the way through the courts doesn't negate the rest unless there's something shoddy about their uh, argument or something like that. But this is real bad. This is real bad for Activision Blizzard because if you have, you know, angered the shareholders to this degree that several different law firms are now supporting them, that's not going to go well. There is nothing about this that I see that is going to make me think, oh, Activision Blizzard will be fine. You know, they just took the spit thing out of the Burning Crusade. They're doing stuff, you know? I mean, it's it's not the same at all. It's I mean, that may help the players that, you know, they're not getting spit on in a video game. But the shareholders are not to be messed with because they can hire law firms like these. So, I don't know. Is this the end of Activision Blizzard? Not today. Depends on how far these lawsuits go out. I mean, the leave plaintiff deadline on several of these is October 4th, 2021, which means they could start the lawsuit then and 
lawsuits take time. So we'll just have to see what happens. And Axios has also written about this from the SOC Investment Group, and it's kind of the same sort of thing. A reporter named Megan, who writes for Axios, that also copied a bunch of stuff out of that article, which I don't know, I didn't check to see who wrote it. Here's something the shareholders wrote from the SOC group. While we appreciate the improved tone and increased detail in Mr. CEO, sorry, in CEO, Mr. CEO, <laughs> sorry, um, in, uh, in CEO Kotek's recent letter to Activision Blizzard employees, customers, and shareholders, the changes Mr. Kotek has announced do not go nearly far enough to address the deep and widespread issues with equity inclusion and human capital management at the company. I hate that phrase, human capital management. These are people capital management. Uh, To wit, no changes have been announced or proposed that would in any way alter the current process for filing vacancies, either to the board of directors or to senior management. No changes have been announced with respect to executive pay, either with respect to clawing back compensation from executives who are found to have engaged or or in or enabled abusive practices, or to align executives with the equity goals Mr. Kotek articulated. The announced review by Wilmer Hale is deficient in a number of ways. This firm has a sterling reputation as a defender of the wealthy and connected, but has no track record of uncovering wrongdoing. The lead investigator does not have in-depth experience investigating workplace harassment and abuse, and the scope of the investigation fails to address the full range of equity issues Mr. Kotek acknowledges. We believe that to ensure smooth operations and a strong reputation going forward, forward, Activision Blizzard should commit to the following changes. Increase board diversity and equity by adding a woman director, preferably one with a history of advocacy for marginalized people and communities by the end of 2021, committing to gender balance on the board by 2025, and reserving at least one board seat for a nominee selected by current employees as their representative. Now, I think it's Jen O'Neill that is one of the co-presidents with Matthew Ibarra. Um, So maybe they got that one. Because that would be someone on the board. Maybe a misunderstanding, but they did hire a woman, maybe in response to this. I don't know. There's some other stuff in here uh, as well. Undertake a company-wide equity review similar to the racial equity review that Facebook, Airbnb, Starbucks, and BlackRock have completed or promised but that will encompass the full range of concerns, including uh, inequities rooted in gender, gender identity, sexuality, and race, articulated by Mr. Kotek, Activision Blizzard employees and customers, equity and representation issues in game design, the development process, and user forums and similar settings. So, yeah, they're not happy with him at all. Uh, There's more details about having diversity and equity on the board of directors. Align executive pay with diversity and equity commitments. As we have relayed in a number of previous communications, we do not believe that the board and its compensation committee have been appropriately designing and awarding bonuses in the recent past. We believe that the recent vote on Activision Blizzard's say-on-pay proposal demonstrates that we are far from the only shareholders taking this view. In light of the evident, widespread, and to-date unaddressed problem of sexual harassment at the company, as well as the excessive bonus awards in the recent past, we believe that no bonuses should be awarded to executives for the current year. Additionally, Activision Blizzard should ensure that its pay practices align with its equity and diversity goals by adopting a policy that will not award bonuses to executives unless independently verified diversity and equity milestones have been achieved. So this is the, hey guys at the top, you're not getting this lovely bonus that you're expecting, maybe ever again, until you fix this. That's what this is. And it goes on from here, and I'll leave you to read the rest because it's kind of a lot. Um, On the 11th, 
IGN posted three senior Blizzard devs reportedly no longer working with or no longer with company amid Activision Blizzard allegations. Um, and there was an update on here, but basically these three people that have left are uh, Luis Barriga, Jesse McCree, and Jonathan LaCraft. They are no longer with the company. As far as this, though, like a lot of this stuff sounds like Warcraft in the you know stuff I've been reporting on here. But um, this one affects Diablo 4. So Diablo 4 director Luis Barriga. Lead level designer Jesse McCree and World of Warcraft designer Jonathan LaCraft have been let go. Um, both McCree and LaCraft were tied to the Cosby Suite report, which I've already mentioned, um, in talking about frat culture and things like that. But basically what you have here is one of the people that's working on D4, Louis Bariga, is the director, the Diablo 4 director. How's that going to go? I'll follow up on that in just a minute here. Jesse McCree is an interesting one because... His actual name is a character in Overwatch who's voiced by Matthew Mercer. How's that going to work? Do you take the character out of the game? What do you do? <laughs> How do you disassociate the character named after someone who turned out to be awful, you know, without removing him from the game? I mean... We'll have to see what goes on with that. I don't know. Uh, World of Warcraft designer Jonathan LaCraft have been let go. It is my understanding that perhaps this all happened on August 11th. It seemed like it wasn't old news. It was new news, you know, being uh, reported on. So that happened. Um, there is also an article from Kotaku that says, Jesse McCree, Diablo 4 director, no longer at Activision Blizzard. And I'm including this one specifically because they used this very close-up face, like a, a screenshot of Lilith's face, and she's glaring out at the, you know, at the viewer, obviously very angry. So, I mean, I thought it was kind of... Here is the best image I can think of that... In, that just really kind of shows the wrath of the employees and how they've been, you know, treated over the years. So I just found it interesting. So look that one up. Um, I'll have it in the show notes like everything else. But that, whoever chose that particular screenshot is amazing. And then there's a tweet, a couple of tweets here from Mika Whipple, who used to work um, at Blizzard on World of Warcraft stuff. And he wrote, hey, did everyone know that a month after we announced Diablo 3, the art director and production director left. They went to go start a mobile game studio. That happened really before the game even existed. So anyway, I think the D4 crew can still bring this home. There's another tweet in there about it, but that's encouraging. You know, Mika Whipple worked at Blizzard and he was pretty well known. And if he knew this about what happened with Diablo 3, and clearly Diablo 3 is, you know, it's existed since, I want to say 2012, 2011, something like that. Maybe D4 isn't in trouble after all. And then we have a better ABK, which is the Twitter account run by former and current employees of Activision Blizzard and King. On August 11th, they wrote, It's been two weeks since our walkout, and leadership has yet to embrace significant change. With thousands of ABK employees on our side, we're hard at work building a movement that will continue to take action until real tangible change is enacted. And there's some hashtags in there as well. There's... <laughs> Someone from a website I don't know posted an article on Twitter titled Overwatch League to go on year-long hiatus before season five. And I bet it got a lot of clicks. It was responded to on Twitter by John Spector, who is the Overwatch League VP at Blizzard. 
He might know something. He tweeted this. It's really not practical to respond to every rumor about our future plans. But in this case, this story is inaccurate. We have not set nor communicated dates about our 2022 season yet. uh, yet, But we do not plan to take a year-long hiatus in any scenario we are considering currently. So way to debunk that. I mean... (laughs) I don't know who reported that or if they just wanted a lot of clicks or if they thought they had the right answer there. There's an employee going by the name Chosen on Twitter and works for Activision. Wrote a thread here and I'm going to read some of it because it's something people should know about what's going on. Chosen writes, as an employee of Activision Blizzard, sorry, Activision, not Blizzard, bound by an NDA, I can't disclose much about the corporate process going on right now, but I'd like to speak out. I don't want this to be forgotten. I don't want this to pass as other viral sensations take over the media. We employees of ABK are here. We are living this. We are concerned for ourselves, for the community, for the company, and the future of our careers. Some of my female co-workers are terrified of the way the systems in place have been abused and twisted to allow for such harassment to pass on unseen or uncared for. We are all in shock. We are all in a state of anger, confusion, and fear. We want change. We did our walkout. We signed petitions. We have asked thousands of questions in corporate meetings. I know the community feels the same outrage just as the employees do. I want the community to know that we are fighting. We aren't asking for change. We aren't expecting change. We are demanding change. We will not allow this to happen again. We are establishing our own systems outside of standard practice. We will not tolerate these actions. We are here and we are fighting. So there's where that stands. I thought that was pretty impassioned. And then on the 12th, uh, Diablo tweeted about the early access to the open beta for Diablo 2 Resurrected and how some people are playing it. They're in it. They're playing it on Twitch and you can get these drops if you connect it to your Twitch account. You're uh, battled that to your Twitch account and that's probably going on right now. Um, (laughs) You have to watch for... 2.5 2.5 hours of any streamer that's doing this. It's gonna. It's already going on right now on August 13 as I talk today right here. Um, it's going to end at 10 p.m. PT on August 14. So if you didn't know about that, go get in there, watch two and a half hours of a streamer that's streaming this and you can possibly get some loot. The disclaimer is that it's only going to be useful for those who are playing on a Windows PC. So if you're intending to play this on Xbox like I was, this is not for you. But, and if, you are, if you're on a Mac like I am, this is also not for you, but I'm okay with that. Go give people loot. Make them happy. Why not? And here's a tweet from a person named Jesse Lawrence, who is an influencer program manager at NVIDIA GeForce Blizzard, uh, maybe previously at Blizzard Twitch and Riot alum. So, and uh, they wrote this sweet little tweet. You can be excited about the release of Diablo 2 Resurrected and also want a better work environment for the people at Blizzard. There are still plenty of good people there who deserve your support. Play their games. They put a lot of love and care into them, which is a good message. Another person who is a former World of Warcraft person now working on New World at Amazon Games. And she writes, I suspect some names may come up over the course of the coming weeks that people leaving Blizzard of people leaving Blizzard that may surprise you. Some have surprised me. The important thing is to remember that is that they were not heroes or mentors to some people, and those stories matter. 
So we're still, you know, I like that there's so much push to keep this in the public eye, keep people aware of this, because as soon as we all drop this and say, I'm sure it's fine now, they're getting sued from like five different companies that, you know, are full of lawyers and ignore it. It's they're going to uh, just stop doing things and we'll never hear about we might never hear about what comes out of the multitude of lawsuits, you know, as far as money and stuff like that. Um, Blizzard Watch has another article titled It's been 17 days since Activision Blizzard employees published their demands for change and management hasn't acknowledged them. I'll leave you to read that. Apex Legends. Now this is where things get interesting. So Apex Legends uh, is a game and it's not a Blizzard Activision game. And there's an article here on Rock Paper Shotgun which has really interesting gamey kind of uh, title or blog title, website title, whatever. Um, Apex Legends lead designer fired over old racist and sexist comments. Daniel Klein made the offensive remarks back in 2007. So here's a little bit from that. Daniel Klein, the now former lead game designer on Apex Legends, has been let go from Respawn Entertainment due to sexist and racist remarks he made in 2007. A video and screenshots of his old deviant art blog posts began circulating online last month referring to women as having, quote, moron chromosomes, end quote, and comparing African people to animals. Klein has since apologized, though it seems his day is working on Apex are over there's more to the story in there but this is just showing that this the fallout of what's happening at blizzard where people are now finally finally facing some kind of repercussion for the bad stuff they did in the past and losing their job there that's happening at happening at apex legends too and it's not just well the other day he did this so we can't have him here anymore this is from you know stuff from the past that was bad enough to make uh you know to, to fire this guy now because I think the walkout and the push from the employees at Activision Blizzard King are reaching farther out than just those, you know, the companies that they, that they work for. It's leaking into other gaming companies. And I'm really hoping that the push on this is going to make working for a gaming company for people of color, for women, for people who are LGBTQ, for, and I know some men got abused from Blizzard people as well. Uh, because they tweeted about it, but it could make everything better faster than I realized it could. So we'll just see what happens. It's kind of it's kind of a thing. And then we have another Kotaku article. They seem to be really covering a lot of this. It's called Activision Blizzard's QA department seems like a hellhole. Okay, sure. You know, um, I'll read you a tiny bit of this because it's very very long. Long hours, low pay, tremendous instability, working in quality assurance, QA for a video game studio is notoriously difficult and painstaking enough as it is without factors like these complicating matters. Yet for QA testers at Activision Blizzard, a company that has come under fire in recent weeks for a whole host of troubling allegations, which they link to all of them, there may come uh, these may come with the territory. Indeed, a lengthy list of statements provided to Kotaku by the ABK Workers Alliance. Wow, we have a Workers Alliance? I mean, that means personally i'm not part of this but oh they're talking about uh the a better abk twitter account that's the workers okay so that 
that, that checks. That's cool. Um, indicates as much alongside with other troubling claims, including pervasive hostility towards LGBT staffers. Many employees detailed work weeks of 50 to 60 hours with some weekly tallies clearing the 70 hour mark to put that in perspective. Assuming you work a standard nine to five, 40 hour week, putting in 70 hours a week means you'd never have a Saturday off. It means you'd clock out at 9 p.m. on all six of those days or at 8 p.m. if you skipped lunch. And that's to say nothing of commuting outside of rush hour when headways are typically longer and service is more prone to interruption. Um, Pay isn't much better. The ABK Workers Alliance didn't share specific salary figures with Kotaku, but in all cases, it lands squarely in low. One employee said pay hovers around $14 per hour. Another said it varies from $15 to $17 per hour. Another staffer who preferred to remain anonymous didn't share how much they currently make, but they did note that they took a $7 per hour pay cut for a QA gig at Blizzard. It took them seven years to get back to the salary level they were at before starting. Oh boy, you know. There's people talking about how they couldn't afford to live on their own on the salary they were getting from this. It's also not just lack of pay, it's lack of reasonable benefits, not just stuff like health and dental insurance, but also, according to some anonymous employees, adequate PTO or paid sick leave. There is no law mandating paid sick leave on a federal level. It's dictated on a state-by-state basis. Texas, where one of Activision's contract studios is based, does not mandate paid sick leave, which tells you a lot about Texas right now, doesn't it? I mean... There's a, okay, you know, I understand that the lawmakers in Texas want to like deregulate everything, but that doesn't mean it's the right decision. Many of these programs persistently reset the names of employees, a thing that Andrew, a QA worker under Activision says happens across the board. They reset the names, your, your display name in Slack, they reset it. Um, why? You know, <laughs> uh, So uh, Andrew, who is trans, said that he has, quote, received nothing but respect in regards to my gender identity, end quote, from his direct colleagues, although acknowledges that his experience is not universal across the company. A few months on uh, after a few months on the job, Billy requested that their teammates address them by they them pronouns. The teammates, all of whom were men, repeatedly neglected to do so, despite the fact that Billy listed their pronouns in a slack status. That's actually a really hurtful thing because it shows that you're co-workers who are refusing to do something as simple as at least attempt to get your pronouns right that they don't think of you as a human they think of you as less than they don't care they don't you know what i mean it's really bad and i'm saying this as a non-binary person who uses they them but if you screw up my pronouns and i have no reason to think you know what they are in the first place i'm not going to get super mad um about it i'll generally just say something like okay well my pronouns are they them but and move on you know But to have that happen in a workplace, like if somebody is intentionally, no one on Twitter or anything like that has intentionally set out to screw up my pronouns, okay? But, um, and they're on there, they're on my Twitter account, but no one's messed with me about it for whatever reason. And, you know, that's fine. If someone did, I can block them and I'm done. But if this happens in your workplace and keeps happening, that's just, that's really hurtful. And that's happening there as well. Yeah. After a few months on the job, uh, I just read that part. Billy said, one squad member made the classic joke, I identify as an attack helicopter while sitting a few seats down from me. No one said anything to correct it. For context, there was an article written by a trans woman with that title, uh, kind of 
it was a sci-fi story. I read it when it was still up. I thought it was really good. Some people were really offended by it for various reasons. Um, but to use that in a workplace is never going to be okay. And it just keeps going and going and going and going. And there's stuff in here that like every day there's more garbage that's happening. The ABK account, a better ABK account retweeted the Kotaku article and said, we deserve better. They're right. They do. And then there's this, there's now an at, there's now an at on Twitter. There's a Twitter account, a better Ubisoft. So this is growing. And A Better Ubisoft said 1,000 current and former Ubisoft, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, employees signed an open letter on July 28th in solidarity with the Activision Blizzard walkout, demanding that our own management take far more action to end abuse in Ubisoft and the wider industry. And there's a long thing of, um, you know, a, a couple of paragraphs to the workers of Activision Blizzard that ends with, we believe you, we stand with you, and we support you, and a whole long thing about what they want the management of Ubisoft to change in there. So this is working. This is working. And then and then I think on that same day, there's a graphic that was posted of, I don't know who the character is in the background, but she looks really angry. And over her, it says 14 days since 1,000 current and former Ubisoft employees signed an open letter to management. We have received no response to our key demands. Hashtag hold Ubisoft accountable. This is growing. This could actually change the culture of video game companies. And uh, yeah, and then the last thing I'm going to mention here is an article from Polygon called Activision Blizzard's Contract Workers Say They're Crushed by Toxic Culture. A large portion of Activision Blizzard's Q&A department working on game franchises like Call of Duty are contract workers employed in offices far away from the publisher's California headquarters in places like Austin, Texas and Eden Prairie, Minnesota. Hundreds of contract workers work under a few full-time salaried employees that lead the QA process of identifying and reporting game bugs. The Blizzard employees Polygon spoke to said they were employed by the company itself as salaried workers while the Activision side houses most of the company's contract workers. 15 current and former employees in both QA and customer service told Polygon that the structure of Activision Blizzard's QA and customer service programs, specifically in its Texas and Minnesota offices, makes workers feel undervalued and exploited. And there's a whole lot of stuff. The employees described a constant rotation of QA workers with people working under contracts studded between three-month-long unpaid breaks between new contracts. Contracts work in cycles. Workers said company policy specifies a certain amount of time on a contract before a worker has to be off contract again, also for a designated amount of time. The cycle repeats. This creates a system where it's challenging to actually advance in a career at QA. Workers can't afford to not have a job for three months and may many often just find something new and never return to Activision Blizzard. And then of course they talk about the lawsuit from the California Department of Fair Employment and it just goes on and on and on. I mean, there's so much in here that has gone wrong and I hope that by me talking about it and other people on other podcasts talking about it and people tweeting it out on social medias and uh, you know other than Twitter and, and Twitter itself, maybe this can change. I mean, I was really surprised to find that there was an, uh, a better Ubisoft account trying to do the same thing that the uh, ABK workers did, you know. That's all I have for today. That's probably quite enough, but that's your um, weekly update of the garbage that's going on. <laughs> and maybe some hope that this can be fixed considering like the multitude of lawsuits i think if anything's going to push a company to make changes for the better it's going to be because they're getting sued by multiple lawsuits you know and we know i mean like what like four people have left the company recently not probably by choice so there we are 
and I'm going to close the show. You have been listening to episode 320 of the Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. If you missed an episode, you can find the show blog and listen to the show archives at www.shatteredsoulstone.com. Come join us in game. Our in-game community and clan, both named Shattered Soulstone, are open to anyone who would like to join. You can also join us on Discord for the ultimate team and community-based experience. Find the Discord invitation link on our Twitter and Facebook page, as well as, as the Shattered Soulstone website. This show is powered by you, the listener. Send in your thoughts, contributions, questions, and feedback to our Twitter at Shattered Stone or Facebook, facebook.com slash Shattered Soulstone. Thank you for listening. It is April 12th, 2021. That's not right. <laughs> Oops. I don't know how I got April in there either. Damn, this is going to be a tough one. <laughs> okay.